The name Jesus means God saves. God saves. Salvation comes from the word sab, which means to heal. This is Christ's whole mission of salvation, to bring healing from the wounds of sin and division. Leprosy in the gospel is an image of sin. And so we heard in the Old Covenant that if you had leprosy, you were separated from the community, you were quarantined, you were considered contaminated. Wherever you went, you had to cry out, unclean, unclean. This is an image of sin because sin alienates us from God and it cuts us off from the community. It separates us from one another. Sin divides us. Jesus has come now to heal, to bring salvation. This whole gospel is really a paradigm of Christ's salvific mission to bring healing to sin, to save us from death. Now notice the leper in the gospel, he comes to Jesus first with a desire to be healed. We have to want to let go of our sin. And then we have to acknowledge and bear our wounds to the Lord, take responsibility for our sin. The first step of receiving Jesus as our Savior is to acknowledge, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a leper. I need to be healed. So often we spend much of our life in denial, thinking, well, you know, I'm a pretty good person. Look, we have to come to grips with the fact that we're all like this leper. That's the first stage of really receiving Jesus, is to acknowledge, Lord, I need to be healed. Now, in a real way, this gospel is lived out today in the sacrament of reconciliation because Jesus touched that leper and Christ really touches our soul in confession and heals us. Now, this is so beautiful because it points to a marvelous exchange. You know what would happen in the Old Covenant if you touched a leper? It would render you unclean. Jesus is willing to be made unclean so that we will be made clean. The marvelous exchange. Jesus is taking on upon himself our disease, our sin, so that we would be delivered from sin and death. Now, you ever go to confession and you say, okay, wow, I have the peace of God's forgiveness, and then I fall back into the same sin. We can build vice in our life, bad habits of sin. And so I want to talk today about how do we really find freedom? Because freedom is possible in Christ Jesus. Jesus did not die on the cross for us so that we would live in the bondage of sin, that we can walk in the freedom of Christ Jesus. So I went to a conference for priests, and the presenter presented this diagram for us about how we can find and walk in the freedom that Jesus Christ wants for us. Well, at the center of the circle is sin. Now, I presented this to our staff on Tuesday, and Sister Lucia said, Hey, I'll draw the circles for you on a poster board. She comes to me with this poster board, and it has this huge inner circle. And I said, Sister, the inner circle is sin. What are you saying? We're all big sinners. I had hardly any room to write anything, so I had to redo the whole thing. <laughs> this is, I know this is my pride. Like, never try. Engineers always seem to think they're right. Okay. 
The inner circle is sin. Now what's outside the second circle here? These are all my triggers. All the near occasions of sin. I know if I begin engaging in these behaviors, I'm going to fall back into my sin. So I have down here my friend groups. I know that if I hang out with these people, I'm going to get into trouble. We have to be careful about who we're hanging out with. Who discern carefully your friends. Surfing on social media. What happens when we go on social media? We get into the comparison game and the anxieties and insecurities of our life arise. The next thing I know, I'm sliding back into my sin as a way to make myself feel better, right? Alcohol lowers our inhibitions and then I find myself sliding back into my sin. Whatever it is, what are your triggers? We all have to discern this in our life. Maybe it's feeling stressed, bored, tired, lonely, angry. Maybe I'm not sleeping right. Maybe if my life is out of balance, I'm stressed out in my work. What are my triggers that lead me back into the sin? Now the outer circle here. These are the remedies to walk in the freedom that Jesus wants for us. So first, in my spiritual life, there's got to be like bedrock foundation stones, mass. Why would I think that I'm going to walk in freedom from sin if I'm not coming to give my worship to the Lord and living my life in communion with Jesus? He tells us, apart from me, you can do nothing. Make a goal for your daily prayer life. St. Alphonsus Liguori said, these two things cannot coexist. 30 minutes of daily prayer and mortal sin. One of the two will abandon. I'll either persevere in my prayer and abandon my sin, or I will go back to my sin and neglect my prayer. Make a goal for your spiritual daily prayer. Maybe it's, I, I just want to start reading scripture for 15 minutes a day and meditating on it. I have lots of things on here, the rosary. Frequent confession, important part of our spiritual life. What about our physical goods? Am I making time to take care of my body? Am I exercising? Am I eating right? Am I getting enough rest? We're all made for relationships. Love always goes outward. So, what's part of a healthy plan of life? Well, I know I gotta connect with friends. Maybe it's, I got, when I'm feeling tempted, I gotta call a friend. I need a spiritual mentor, a spiritual director in my life. Maybe I need to go to a 12-step meeting. Christ reduces parish, a beautiful way to grow in friendship with Jesus and others. What this is, is called a rule of life. Look, I preach on this many times that holiness doesn't just happen to us. We actually, we have to have a plan. It's like that in anything in life where we set a goal and we say, okay, these are the steps to achieve this goal. Well, the same with our plan to become a saint. So spend some time thinking about your own rule of life. Now, we know like, in religious life, if you join the Benedictines, you follow the rule of St. Benedict. And sometimes people think, well, this rule of life isn't that for religious life. Like if you become a priest or a nun, all of us as baptized believers should have a plan, a rule of life that we're following. 
The word rule comes from the Latin regula, which means a straight piece of wood, or it could mean a trellis. You know what a trellis is? It's a wooden framework that allows vines to grow and bear fruit. Without a trellis, the vines flounder on the ground, but with that wooden framework, the vines are able to grow and bear fruit. The rule of life is our trellis, our framework that allows us to grow. Now, don't get me wrong. We cannot overcome sin on our own. We can't say, okay, if I do all these things, I'm going to will myself out of the sin. I'm going to heal myself. We cannot heal ourselves apart from Jesus Christ. All of our rule of life, though, is to open ourselves to grace so that we cooperate with what God wants to do in our lives. Now, Lent is beginning on Wednesday. This is my proposal to all of us for Lent, that we kind of create our own circles here. What do I need to give up for Lent? Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's, I, I know I can't go to a bar. I, maybe I need to give up alcohol. Maybe I need to give up binge-watching Netflix or TV. You decide, what is it that's keeping me from God? And then, what are some positive spiritual resolutions for Lent? Yes, I want to take out reading Scripture daily. I, we want to pray the family rosary. We want to come to the stations. You decide, but begin creating a rule of life. This is the way that we're going to walk into freedom. St. Paul says, for freedom Christ set us free. The devil can only propose lies, and he wants us to believe change is not possible. You're never going to overcome this. With grace, this is God's whole salvific mission, to save us and to set us free, and to bring healing from the wounds of sin in our life.